You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales, Tony Groves, and William Gibson. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. How's it going, guys? Hey, good evening. All right, welcome back. Uh, Post-Talladega uh, for the NASCAR iRacing Series. We're actually going to start out with a story. Um, it's a thread that I posted personally about my experiences this last week with server issues. Uh, basically, I went into the NIS race, and um, every about every other car was jumping in the air, you know, 25 feet, and they would come back down. And then people were complaining verbally about me blinking out and jumping around and that kind of thing. And so I would have to fall to the back eventually. It even got so bad that my laps were not being counted um, at some point. I tried to disconnect. I did a reset of my graphics, doing the graphics uh, wizard thing on the website. I uh, reconnected, still the same problem. I ran a fixed, uh, no problem with that. If I ran a different series, it was just fine. But when I would did the NASCAR iRacing series, I had server issues. Now, in the splits I were in, there were probably a half a dozen people with the same issue. And you could tell by the, the way people were calling them out for blinking. Uh, they were complaining of the same symptoms that I was experiencing as well. And uh, by the last, uh, by Sunday, I decided to try something different. So I lowered my Max Car Transmit from 63 down to 20 in the app INI. Ran the race, no problem. And that fixed it, uh, supposedly. So... Uh, our teammate Greg Hectus, he also had the same problems throughout the week in that particular series as well. And Chris, can you tell me tell us a little bit about what Greg was experiencing? I know you raced with him several times. Yeah, it was pretty much identical to what you had seen. Where once he once the they went to green, the the cars just looked like popcorn on the screen. I mean, he was I mean they were just all jumping around crazy, and then same thing he get disconnected he never got disconnected he'd have to run around like that and eventually just like you said he'd stop it stopped scoring him laps and uh, just ruined his race i mean there's might as well not showing up it was crazy yeah and i found i was watching carefully to see who reported it and because we have teammates on team speak in different splits i also heard from my teammates saying hey we have other people in our uh you know race that are blinking as well and having similar issues. So it was kind of a widespread deal within the series. Uh, and I did find on Facebook, several people uh, had a thread about it and were complaining, you know, about it. I also participated in that thread. Uh, we did, I finally posted it to the uh, iRacing forums as a problem. Uh, so iRacing was aware. I did get a response from Nicholas Bailey. I'm going to read what he says here. This is not the same issue as the connection issue being discussed in the other thread. If turning down the number of cars being transmitted is resolving the issue, 
then the problem is that the computer is unable to keep up with the data coming from the server. I suspect this happens at Talladega worse than other tracks because Talladega is one of the few tracks where all the cars are all so close together all the time. Specifically, entering the corners, you can see more cars, unless you're out front, so the sim has to draw those cars. I believe we have added some additional opponent car data to what is being transmitted in the last couple of season updates, so that could be why this is happening now. I'm not saying that this is a problem with your computer, just that the symptoms you describe fit this explanation. You should reach out to support with these symptoms so they can pass it on to the development team. So what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I race at Richmond last week and it's perfectly fine and I don't have connection problems and all of a sudden we're at Talladega and it doesn't work. Well, a couple of things that, you know, I noticed, I mean, Talladega is very similar to Daytona and I don't remember you having any issues at Daytona. Nope. Um, and as well, um, if it's a computer issue, I believe you, your computer is, uh, far better than mine and i had zero issues and i ran multiple races this week and this week i ended up turning the graphics down to like the lowest thing like i the mirrors are off and everything yeah and i have mine um just about well all the important stuff maxed out i mean i had to take my my particle stuff off but um other than that i mean i don't i've not changed it but yeah i had i didn't have one issue yeah, it was kind of a hunch I had on the max car data thing, um, based on what I was seeing. It was the red. It was the right side of the S bar would go red, never on the left, only on the right. Yeah, I know. Um, Greg said that he has never had the any kind of problem like that ever on the sim. So I mean, uh, that might have that might be the problem where there's just too much data trying to come across the tracks like Talladega. But if that's the case, then maybe they need to find a way to make that work better, compress it, because, I mean, uh, like I said, he's never had it. I know it, Mike's had a couple issues with the, his network card here and there, but... Yeah, but uh, that's a different issue. I, yeah, you know, exactly. And I, have two, I actually have two network cards, and I have one with a problem, obviously, but that's a different thing than what I was experiencing here. Yeah, like I said, Greg's had zero issues ever, and then this popped up this week at Talladega, and it was identical to what you were seeing. I mean, absolutely identical. Yeah, and then on the Facebook post, a bunch of people, you know, reporting the same thing. And like we heard in the races themselves, there were always at least five, six people that were having blinking issues, it seemed like. Oh, yeah, that early NIS race, that first one, um, I was racing that same race, and I didn't have any problems, but I was one telling you that uh, there was probably at least two or three people in my race that were having that same problem, and you could hear them chatting about it on the radio. Yeah. Well, I thought we'd start out with that story before we get into the results because it obviously affected my results, Greg's results, big time. So Wednesday uh, fixed, Chris, you and I ran. Uh, I had that re the really bad blinking problem. I eventually, you know, disconnected. I lost six laps. All I did was disconnect and reconnect. I should have only lost about one lap, and then I went and checked scoring. I was six laps down. And the reason was it wasn't scoring me before I had disconnected because the blinking was so bad. Uh, Chris, you ended up P21. I didn't have anything else besides that. 
<laughs> yeah, and I can't remember. I actually went and looked at some of my results before we started the podcast, and I knew I had raced all the NIS races this week, and I had raced some other, you know, AFIX and truck races. I didn't know how much I raced. I raced 22 races this week. So I don't yeah, you were an animal out there. <laughs> what yeah, happened that... in a lot of them, honestly? That was the race we ran out of fuel on, um, the one that had, I believe, just two cautions the entire race. Yeah, you're right, because I played it um, like Daytona. I assumed that it was going to be a caution fest for the first half, and it wasn't. It was a super clean race. Oh, you were crew chiefing, right, Will? Yeah, it felt really bad. Um, we were literally <laughs> like a half lap short, which, I mean, it's pretty close on your math because you would assume there'd be a caution in that long of a race, and... Um, there was no cautions. It was, um, if we would have got one caution, I think it would have played out perfectly. Um, but yeah, it was a bummer. I felt really bad, but. Well, I think it was a learning experience for you, right? About understanding, can I make it or not? And, and knowing that ahead of time, it seems like you guys were caught off guard. It got down to the end and you were short. Yeah, they, I, it was to the point where I was switched my cameras to the leader cause we were in our own pack and. I was just hoping and praying one of them would wreck, and there was some contact. The guy cut across the grass, but he collected his car, and at that point, it was kind of game over. But it was one of those things where my I did the math assuming there would be more than one caution after that pit stop, and we only had the one. So that was my bad. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> no, I, I kind of went in with the same mindset. Actually, most of the races – Early in the week, I went in kind of with a conservative mindset, and they was nope, all not went qualifying. so clean. Yeah, and they all went so clean, and then so kind of middle of the week, I kind of changed up and started being really aggressive, and then we started having caution fest. So, like, it just seemed like it didn't matter what I decided to do; it was wrong all week. <laughs> all right, I missed uh, Wednesday open. I, it was my wife's birthday. We went out to dinner, um, and I was thinking. Man, what ha- what do you guys do when you have to miss one of these important events, uh, especially on Talladega week? But, you know, I can't really miss my wife's birthday dinner either. So, uh, and in fact, we were trying to get it done in time where I could rush home and make the race on time. And, of course, it didn't work out. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, just, <laughs> you did the best you could. That's all you can do. <laughs> you got to keep the wife happy. Otherwise, you're not going to be on the sim much. <laughs> Well, I knew if she did, you know, we, we took separate cars and she was running some errands. And if she would have been there at the time we agreed on, I would have made it home in time. But she was about 10 minutes late. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to make it now. So, But uh, anyway, first world problems. I missed the Wednesday Open Talladega race. Kind of bummed about that. Uh, Chris, you, it says you got P11 that night. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I actually... Can't remember much of that one either, but the, all those early week ones were kind of super conservative. If I remember right, um, that was another one where I had a completely clean car at the end of the race from playing it safe. But I think I was the first car a lap down there in 11th because I had gotten lapped over the uh, playing it safe deal. All right, Thursday open P17, and you said, sucks. Car was clean and fast, but I picked the wrong time to pit. Seems every strategy call I made all week has been wrong so far. So you're, it's finally catching up to you. Yeah, and actually that one I wasn't really playing um, that. I wasn't really playing that same um, super safe strategy. I just I I went pitted, 
with a few laps left in fuel. And as soon as I come off pit road, a caution came out. So, yeah, it's just. <laughs> and then Thursday fixed uh, with Tony crew chiefing, you got to race for the win. How about that? Because there were no bad pit calls made. Uh, good job, Tony. Uh, how did that go? P12. Oh, that was, yeah. uh, I, I, I'll be honest. Um, I don't remember too much of that race. I just remember like, okay, this is like my first official time kind of spotting. Um, I, I don't want to screw up. And then a couple of miss, uh, you know, not hitting my, my, my push to talk button properly. And, and poor Chris is up top and he's trying to get down and I'm screaming at him, come down, come down. And, and he can't hear me. Um, but, uh, no, he, he raced his balls off and, um, it, you know, we were looking so good near the end and it was just a Talladega roll of the dice got screwed out of it. Um, but yeah, he very well could have won that race. He was, he was, uh, doing that well. So you finally had some good moves at the time it counted, huh? Yeah, that race, uh, he was, uh, Tony was crew chief of for me and we barely talked to each other for probably 30 laps because he had, uh, had that deal with his mic and i have a, a button on the the bottom of mine that gets bumped you know very very rarely and so i had my mic muted for a good chunk of that race too but yeah there was, i coming down to the end i was running third and first and second got together and <laughs> took us all out but that actually happened that happened three or four times in the races this week now how does that feel emotionally I mean, you felt like you were in position to win. It was at the end of the race. Even though you wrecked, it still felt good, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like Tony says, kind of a roll of dice when you go there. All you can do is try to get yourself um, in position at the end of the race. You know, if you're lucky enough to make it through everything and do the, you know, make the right calls. And you just said, yeah, it's just a crapshoot. All right. And then Friday open, you said P26. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that one. <laughs> yep, and then Saturday fixed morning, that was early. Uh, Greg uh, raced uh, P16. He had the server issues uh, as well, just like I did. And uh, he had five laps that never got logged. And uh, rode around the back and watched people jump around. And he did, he, you know, he's a trooper out there trying to save his IR as much as he could. I did the same thing, but... Man, it sucks doing that. It's a, it makes for a tough day. Uh, Chris, your best finish of the week, right? P6. And you said uh, ran top three most of the race. Yeah, yeah, and was going for the win at the end. And we had a few laps go to go, and I was really pinching down the guy that was in second. I was trying to get a little air off the leader, and I was running door-to-door -door with the guy in second, and he came up the track just a little bit, and our tires touched. And it shot me up towards the wall, and it shot him down onto the apron, and I fell back to sixth. Yeah, but don't don't sell yourself short on that one, Chris, because, I mean, yeah, he, you know, you got, you got knocked around, put up in the wall, but uh, you made one hell of a save, and um with with what i from what i was looking at a p6 was uh was definitely a good finish um with what happened but there again i mean we were we we're racing for the win and uh just just couldn't get there yeah like i said that's all you can do i mean you can't be disappointed with it and and like i said i was just racing hard the guy under me was racing hard we just just barely touched and messed us both up but 
So knocking on the door, and then you ran the afternoon race, led 30 laps, uh, then everybody got wrecked by lap cars, huh? Yeah, there was, um, I was actually, had just gotten passed by uh, the line on the outside, and we had a couple of lap cars that were down low and line with each other, and we were trying to get them up high. And then finally, one of the cars decides to go up high, but the other guy stays down low, so they just block the track right in front of the whole pack. Dang. All right, and then Sunday open, I get up early for the first time ever this year and ran because I didn't get to run Wednesday because I had to go to the birthday party. And so I ran Sunday open, and sure enough, I had the same server issues again. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. I don't know where I finished. It was in the, like 28th or something. Yeah, that one sucked because like you said you got up for, for it and then there was problems with the sim. That was like right there on the level of, uh, uh, I think you were on the night that um, teammate our teammate Phil Lennon had got on to run that GRC race that he was looking forward to. And that was the one that had the bug where they didn't uh, they didn't make you take the joker lap and we got right. a bit by. Yeah, oh, so disappointing. Yeah, it was it was very disappointing. Uh, you got a P12 though out of your race. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't a bad one at all. And then the final event, uh, I changed the Max Car Transit finally on a hunch, basically, from 63 down to 20. And it made a difference. It was perfectly fine. And I ran good. Uh, I ran as high as second. I was P6 with 30 to go and got disconnected from a different issue. And that is my... Uh, my ethernet card i actually have two of them in my computer and occasionally this one about once a week it will just uh, say uh, ethernet cord disconnected down in the by the clock in windows and the fix is if i reboot it it works just fine so i don't know what's wrong with it but that's what happened and i got disconnected by, by that sunday night at the end of the race so that was a bummer it kind of just put a cap on the end of the week uh when I was expecting to win this week, or at least run well, and I really never got a chance to. But yeah, bummer. So this week, I, I tried like hell to, to make one of these NIS races. Um, now, I, I, I'm focusing on the fixed uh, this year um, for one more year. And, uh, man, I, I just, for the life of me, I couldn't make a start. Um, Thursday night, I had uh, some family stuff going on that I've totally forgot about um so i was out i jumped in about a half an hour late so i could help chris and hopefully get something there and then same with the saturday morning i was like okay let's let's do this i set my alarm to get up and i wake up and it's like two minutes after six i'm like oh you kidding me um but i did uh i forgot that i actually was able to to do the uh sunday open um and chris you and i were were in that race i just like totally forgot about it um, but you and I were racing um, kind of together, helping each other out pretty much that, that whole race. Um, yeah. And, and it, yeah, because we kept getting blocked by that, that, that second pack. They just would not let us through. We were so much faster. And um, I think the only way we were going to get through there is if we started punting people out of our way. And uh, I guess that's probably not a good idea. 
Yeah, that some of those open races were kind of frustrating because the fix setup was way, way off this week. And a lot of people, you know, especially in our splits, there's usually a few people that will run the fix setup. There's a lot of people that base their setup off of the fix setup. And it was between, you know, a second and a second and a half slower than a lot of the other setups. And so you had packs of cars where you couldn't figure out where the slow guy was because the cars were fast enough that they could stay in the pack, but the, the pack was, you know, just super slow. It was, it was nuts. Right. All right. Well, let's, uh, talk, uh, road to pro, uh, next race is tonight, right after the recording, uh, Dover, uh, afternoon, 134 laps. Uh, I have not run any laps. I'm going to jump in that race. It's going to be crazy. Uh, what do you guys think? Have you tried the truck? Yeah, I ran, um, a C open last night and the truck's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. It's fun to drive at least. And the only problem I had early in my race, I had a really good race except for, uh, like three laps in, I got off a of four and that truck, I, I didn't know it. We know it now, but it gets really light in the front end when you're on the throttle heavy and you really can't steer the thing. And I scraped the wall a little bit and the guy behind me ran me over. But uh, the truck was still fast for the rest of the race. Man, that place is fun to run, particularly in the trucks. Yeah, that, and especially with that many trucks um, on the track all at once. It's going to be a fun event. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, you don't have that extra horsepower that's trying to spin you out. I mean, you just drive that thing into the bottom, and it just sticks. It's a lot of fun. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, let's talk official racing, uh, where we track any official racing outside of NIS. Uh, Chris, you had a P2 and A open. Uh, boy, you almost won it that time. Yeah, I actually... I hardly even remember that one. I remember the fix that I ran um, last of the week. I had gotten the pole and was running first and got spun out by a second, 15 laps into the race. But I, I said 22 races. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I think it was Wednesday. And then P15, I got a P15. Uh, I had gotten up to fourth before the leaders wrecked us all. They wrecked the whole field. Uh, and then the next day, you somehow talked in uh, teammate Phil Linden in the running, and he's not normally an A-car oval guy, um, but he had a good run going. In fact, he put up a video he made of him missing a big wreck and having some great luck, too. No, he's never. I think he did race Daytona, but uh, I don't know if he's really had much experience on researcher plates. I don't even know if he uh, ran the whole Daytona race, but so he came in asking how to run uh, a plate track, and I just gave him a few tips and was just immediately awesome at it. But uh, he, there's something did happen that race that was kind of eventful, and so uh, Phil had gotten uh, a black flag, and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how he got it, but I I thought that he had got it avoiding a wreck. He'd um, you know went flying down pit road to avoid a wreck. Anyway, you know, we've all gotten that penalty, and I advised him to, you know, roll down pit road, make sure he's absolutely in the back, back, back of the field when the, the restart happens, and that once the green came out, he could serve that penalty and not have to lose so much time. And he tried that, but unfortunately, there was a guy behind him 
and he thought that the guy had the same uh, stop-and-go penalty. He didn't. Uh, Phil caused that guy to get black flagged. Um, that guy uh, protested Phil, and now Phil has a weak uh, suspension Ooh. over that. So what do you guys think? Now, if uh, for anybody out there that hasn't raced um, Phil Lennon, he is probably the nicest guy you can meet on the sim. Clean racer. I mean, <laughs> so what do you guys think? I have personally been protested once. Um, it was for intentional wrecking, and I got a warning. You know, uh, I, don't you think Phil maybe should have got a warning as well in this kind of strict? Well, yeah, I think it should have been a warning. I think um, a weak suspension seems a little stiff. I think at the end of the day iRacing should call the penalty on him if he did get protested. See, that trick only works if you're the last car. You cannot do it if you're not the last car, and this proves it. You can get, you know, protested successfully. Oh, yeah. If you're not the last car and you pull that trick, yep, you man. have to be the last car. And so the trick is, is, and I think I told you this once earlier this week, but the trick is, is you got to roll through pit road like you normally do and do your stop. And then on the one to go, roll through pit road and even stop and make sure every single car is in front of you before you come off pit road. And that way you're the last car and you can duck on the pit road and that's completely legal. And nobody can protest that because you're not causing anybody a black flag. But yeah, and Phil, I mean, he completely recognized that he deserved you know, to be protested, he messed up that guy's race. But, yeah, I definitely think the, the penalty was a little harsh. A little harsh, yeah. yeah I, thought... I wonder if uh, a NIM was maybe wronged by somebody, you know, doing that at some point in a big race or something and just has, you know, a particular... <laughs> well, especially hey. if it's first offense, too. Yeah, like I said, I can't, I don't, he didn't mention that he'd ever been protested before, and I can't imagine he ever was. Like I say, he's just the nicest guy you could probably ever Yeah, clean that. driver, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah, racecraft. And... You would think they would look at his starts. Like, okay, this guy never runs NIS. He was at the back, messed one guy's race up. Let's warn him. Um, I just feel like he's like, okay, cool. Give this guy a week off. I don't know. I feel like it is a very severe uh, punishment for the crime. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, in official, Tony, you had a P9. You ran one event. I don't know what day it was. Yeah, I'll be honest. Oh, I think the P9 was was Monday. Yeah, it was Monday open race that I'd uh, I'd run, and uh, that was like uh, like like Chris was saying at the beginning of the week. You know, it was it was a pretty clean race, and it came down to like uh, fuel strategy at the end. And uh, um, you know, it, there was a late race caution, like right right near the end, that was going to basically finish off the race for us, but. The problem was, is like, I just did not have enough fuel to, to make it even on, on caution. I was going to run out about, um, I was about three quarters of a lap short. And, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I came down, grabbed the, I thought I had my, uh, stuff set to just grab a splash of fuel and, and go again, but no, it ended up being a full, um, a full pit. So I was actually, uh, running in uh p5 um but after after that pit stop i had it it finished me off at p9 but uh, you know hey I, I just you know you can't complain about a top 10 yeah that monday race that's the one that i begged you to run and then i forgot to register <laughs> oh yeah 
Yeah, that was that that was just absolutely awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that kind of sucked too, because yeah, we would would have been in the same split for sure. That was disappointing. All right, let's talk uh, peak. Uh, peak ran at Richmond this last week. Uh, Ray Alfala gets it done, gets his first race win of the year. Uh, I watched this at the end, uh, off and on, and then I did watch the end of it live. Uh, he doored Matt Busa, and basically, it was an accident. It was a racing situation. It wasn't like he purposely doored him, but he, they got together, and that's how he took the lead. Matt was uh, in the lead, and he took it from Busa by basically running him out of the groove and uh, went on to win it. And um, it was a pretty cool uh, win. He did some donuts at the end. What would you guys think? I thought it was phenomenal racing. Um, they, there was a little contact there, but I mean, it's Richmond, it's short track racing. You got a, a win on the line with, I think it was like six or seven laps to go, and they were racing hard. And I don't think it was anything intentional. I think it was just really good hard racing. And um, yeah, it was a really fun race to watch at the end there. Yeah, I caught a good bit of it, and that was uh, really, really impressive. I, all year really has been and impressing racing better than what you're seeing in real life actually <laughs> yeah and there was a video put out of brandon pipgrass his uh onboard camera showing him make a big save uh as he almost got wrecked and what was interesting when i watched that video is how fast his hands are moving on that wheel and he is sawing that thing to save it i mean it was quick i couldn't believe how fast it looked But yeah, uh, that, that was, was pretty cool. That's crazy when you you are right when you watch his hands they are flailing back and forth. It's um. I don't think I can turn my wheel that fast, you know, physically. But uh, anyway, Ray Alfala pads his points lead. Uh, he's up by six points over Ryan Michaeluza, Keegan Leahy in third, Bobby Zelinsky fourth, and Michael Conti in fifth. Moving on to World Championship F1, Gregor Hutu tops the field in points with three consecutive second-place finishes. And, uh, boy, Hutu, uh, I mean, I can remember when he was the only guy winning. And then it was Martin Kroenke. And now it's, like, uh, opened up a little bit. But uh, Mitchell DeJong is sitting right there. He's looking good in points as well. He's in second, only six points back from Hutu. You have any theory on um, why that is? You know, why we see, I mean, we used to kind of see people dominate, and now, we, I mean, we still see a few, you know, handful of guys dominate, but it is mixed up a little bit now. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't watch the races. I sometimes can see the highlights and whatnot, but. I know it makes yeah. for some awesome racing. Well, let's jump. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it's probably, that car's probably a few years older, so I think more people probably got their um, heads wrapped around it and know what it's doing a little bit better. Um, I like driving the F1 car in practice. I've never done it in a race. Probably won't. But that is a very complex car. Um, just being able to understand it alone is a huge advantage, alone being able to drive it. So, yeah. Um, 
Oh yeah, I think it's way out of my league. I mean, yeah, I've I'm driven it around in the test server a time or two, but holy cow, maybe one of these days. I doubt it. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the topics. Uh, I'll take the first one here. Uh, team member Chris Perez, Chris Perez wanted to let us know that this weekend was the first of the iRacers Lounge sponsored races at the Pre Precision Racing League, and it happened on a Sunday night. Didn't hear who won the race, but it's pretty cool that uh, we're getting our logo out there on the league races and stuff that are being broadcast. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys catch it? No, unfortunately not, because it started like half an hour before uh, the NIS race. So I was um, practicing for that, get ready to run it. No, yep. I completely missed it. I'm going to have to go back and check that out. Absolutely. Uh, thanks to Chris for that. All right, Will, what's next? Yeah, so we got uh, 2018 Season 2 patch number 5 today. Um, really small patch. They fixed a race control issue um, that had to do with rolling starts and road racing after an issue this week in Monza. Um, I did have a thing written up about that issue, but kind of pulled it from the podcast script um, because they fixed it within one week of it being a, a bug being announced. So that's really cool. Um, they also increased the toughness of the floor. On the Audi R8, the BMW Z4, and the Mercedes AMG G GT3 car. So, no balance of performance, nothing major, just um, little details getting polished up. Yeah, they are uh, responsive with those bug fixes sometimes, especially when it's something like that. Yeah, there was a. It, I mean, it was early in the week. I think it was one of our first topics we saved. I wrote a thing up about it, and then. I mean, not even a week later, they have a patch to fix it. So, um, really cool they're on top of that kind of stuff. Especially when they're able to get it diagnosed so quick. Yeah, it was some kind of issue where if the pace car crosses the pit lane line or the checkered line at the same moment that another car does, that car gets a lap down or something like that. Yeah, it's um, it was really weird on the timing of that, and it only affected rolling starts. Um, but the way they spotted it is, a few guys had like a lap time average that was faster than their fastest lap time in the race because like they did a lap in like point seven seconds because of that timing loop. Oh, it, it's as if they did a lap in point seven seconds. Yeah, so like if you're the, I think like the top eight in that race cross the start finish line starting lap one and then the pace car crosses and then cars eight through 20 or whatever it may be they get counted for that first lap even though it's not really a lap so but they got it all sorted out cool all right chris yeah, next we have a tweet from iRacing it looks like they're having a um uh, a deal where you can uh, save 30% when you reactivate your expired account, which um, from reading this, it looks like you have to have an expired account currently to take advantage of this deal. And it looks like it expires on May 9th. So I guess if you have an account expiring between now and then, you could save a few bucks and get this um, three-month renewal for 23 bucks. kind of sucks because I'm actually on a monthly deal right now because I joined... Uh, in November, so I wasn't really that sure that I wanted to put the money into it when the deal came around then, and so I'm kind of waiting for July before I 
you know, get my year and yeah, there'll be uh, a sale month, in July. Yeah. My month is actually going to expire just a little while. My three month is going to expire just a little while after this, um, deal in. So I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out for another one. Maybe I'll get lucky, but they yeah, might extend it. it. You never know. Yeah. If they do, then I'll definitely take advantage of this, but you might want to check out, um, their Twitter. If you need to take advantage of this, the promo code is P R laps E D discount four one eight. If you, if you can't understand that from, uh, my terrible grammar and stuff, you can just check out their Twitter page and find it there. All right, Tony. Yeah. So, uh, professional, uh, driver, Paul Tracy was, uh, getting you called him. What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you. I had no idea who he was until I, I had to look. You don't him, know so. Paul Tracy. No, no, I'm, I'm, and you're Canadian. I know I'm retarded, right? Yeah. Uh, too young. It. Probably. How old are you, Tony? 37. No, you should know Paul Tracy. I'm 38. How? How did you miss it? <laughs> yeah, he was does a he, cart he... driver forever. That would be why right there. Um, all I really know anything about and very little at that is circle driving. So if there's uh, you know, too many right turns, I got no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I think he won the Indy 500 one year, but they stole it from him and gave it to Helio. Yeah, that's where I know him from. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like he was in front when the checkered flag came out at the Indy 500, but they gave it to the guy who was in second because whatever. Well, okay. Anyway. So uh, I, I, I guess I got to apologize to all my fellow Canadians for not knowing who this guy is. Um, I am actually putting on my dunce cap right now, but... Uh, <laughs> Anyways, you know, he was uh, um, getting in some track time on, on iRacing, and he was posting pics and videos of himself uh, on Instagram running in uh, Apex Motor Club's uh, SimCraft Motion Simulator. Um, got a couple, uh, you know, different ones of him running. Uh, he was running the, uh, the Trans Am and uh, the Porsche, and I'm going all backwards here. And... Um, I lost what the other one was. Um, but some, what a, a what a rig he's running though. That thing is nice. Yeah, yeah, like the, it's <laughs> it is a pretty sweet looking rig, and you know, like the, the videos are good and stuff. But I couldn't uh, through the videos, I couldn't see the the motion of this rig, um, and I was, I was, was kind of hoping to be able to see how it how it all moved and stuff because yeah, it's slick. Like it's real slick. Yeah, I love the color too. Bright yellow. Every uh, all the bars are paint, uh, painted like a bright yellow. There's speakers on the top. There looks like four speakers, and uh, it is a motion rig. Uh, we've covered this before. Um, it's it's called the uh, SimCraft Motion Simulator. But anyway, Paul Tracy. Yeah, he lives here in uh, Scottsdale, not too far from where I live, and uh, he's from Canada. He's a Canadian. But uh, he, he's the announcer on the IndyCar broadcast. So if you watch NBC IndyCar, he's one of the three announcers. Um, he also runs Trans Am in, or in IMSA. And he's currently, currently been doing that, I believe. And so anyway, he's been doing the simulator uh, that he has access to um, to basically get ready for the season, you know. Yeah, so I was also looking, like, he was, you know, 
Um, he was born in Scarborough, which is like two and a half hours away from me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like a, a, a pretty big ass right about now, but, uh, it looks like I got to start watching some of this stuff. Hey, you don't remember team cool green with him and Dario and <laughs> yeah, I mean, he used to be, uh, the players Forsyth car back with, uh, back in the day, man. I, and he, you know, he used to fight with Sebastian Bourdais all the time and yeah, that was cool. All right. Next story. Uh, we want to shout out to Tanner uh, Watkins. He did post up in the forum a month of May uh, schedule about the Dallara IR18 car and what to expect for the Indy 500. And so uh, we're in May now, guys. April is over. And so he details out when the first race is. And uh, let me find it here. All right, looks like the first race day is Friday, May 18th, okay? And that will be the uh, first running of the 2018 iRacing Indy 500. Uh, it'll roll off at 10 p.m. Eastern. And the next race will be Sunday, May 20th. Oh, excuse me, Saturday, May 19th, and then Sunday, May 20th. So there's going to be three events that you can start so what do you guys think i'll probably end up running a sunday one i'm gonna run at least one yeah i'm an indiana boy i actually skipped school a few times and we went to the uh museum at the speedway just to kill time but yeah i love that place and this is i don't even own the new indycar yet i don't own indianapolis i don't think so i'll definitely have to get some practice and just try not to to ruin those guys' race. Oh, Sunday's our... 10 a.m. Eastern. And then Saturday, there's actually two events, 9 a.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I didn't even have to look at the times. I just, I know that I'll make, I'll make it happen if I don't have to do something for work or family obligations. <laughs> yeah, so he also details out, you know, practice days and all this other stuff, but that's when the events are going to be run. Let's just hope that they don't have any problems because I'm going to be pretty hyped for this one and I'm going to be one of those guys that's going to get real butt hurt if I can't run my race for some reason. All right, Will, what do you got about IndyCar? Yeah, so uh, more IndyCar news here. Um, iRacer Graham Bunyan, I hope I pronounced his name right, um, posted up some photos that he was having discrepancies with the number of wing elements on his cars versus his rival's. So in the mirror of his car and in replays, he would have two wing elements where they would have three. Um, Eric Hudick, um stated in, this is a graphical bug on remote cars. I am going to fix it for next season and perhaps add something new that no other car has had to this point displayed on opponent's cars. So kind of curious what that second half of that means. But yeah, it looks like it's a little bug, but they're already on top of it. Yeah, what is he talking about? It's never been displayed before. I don't know. But the first thought that comes to my mind is he's talking about like the camera. You know, there's a little hump for the camera for the onboard. But who knows? Well, the IndyCar, the IR18 has that. Um, gosh, it's oh, it's built it? in on all of them, right? Well, it has that um, number plate, and I've seen photos of them playing with those LED lights where you could have 
like a flag for your country. It shows you like your pit timer. So I'm thinking that might have to do with those LED lights, but not quite sure just yet. All right, Chris, what's next? Uh, next looks like uh, John Hammer is back in the forums posting some cool stats from the NIS season so far. Uh, the biggest highlight, point, highlight pointed out is a 2017, the average incidence per person per start is 5.63. While in 2018, the average incident per person per start is 7.21. Each split is averaging 60 more incident points per race. Wow, that seems like a lot. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, man, I'm glad this one's in here. So I have opinions on this, and I don't know. I haven't been around a long, long enough to know what things were like last year. But my opinion is this year that the threshold for getting these incident points in our oval races is way too high. And um, it just causes, anytime you see those X's pop up, it just makes you angry. It makes your blood boil. And it causes people to be angry and take it out on each other that maybe they wouldn't normally. Um, for example, uh, I was racing with a guy at Richmond and I was on the bottom. He was on the top. He came down into me and doored me. I mean, just barely touched me and ended up being a 4X, you know, maybe part net code. And then a couple laps later, he did it again. And I was furious. I was yelling at him. And... After a couple laps, I cool off and I start thinking, you know, this this was just this would have just been fun racing if I didn't have those stupid X's popping up. And when I went back to watch the replay, sure enough, I mean, we just barely uh, touched doors. I mean, it would have been fun, you know, rubbing this racing at Richmond stuff, and we would have had a blast. But instead, you know, we're cussing each other out over these stupid incident points. What's cool is uh, John post up Excel data to back up his claim and i downloaded those and searched your my name which if you're an nis you should look at this it's kind of interesting it's got your 2017 stats he's got another one for the 2018 up through april and uh he's got average incident my 2017 average incident was 7.4 in this year 11.1 and so that is a big difference i've actually had more incidents myself so you've so you've raced both years so what do you think what do you think the the difference is what's causing it any well i'm not racing any differently i can tell you that um i don't know that i've noticed that it's increased yeah and like i said i wasn't there last year so i can't say but in my opinion that's that would help if they would lower that maybe not as maybe not to the point of like dirt or grc maybe that would be too low but something closer to that than what we have now i mean you want the system there because i think it does deter you know people from just getting in over their heads and doing stupid things but if a guy is if a couple guys are rubbing doors you shouldn't be getting oh another thing that was it was 8x and less than 20 seconds worth of damage i mean come on yeah yeah, I remember, I believe I was helping you in a race at Atlanta um, early in the season, and you got a couple of 4Xs from people spinning behind you or right above you and coming down and just barely grazing your bumper, and you had zero damage, and it still gave you a 4X. It's like, how do you get a 4X when you're not even getting damage? Yeah, um, and I have a pretty solid network, so if I'm having you know that stuff, other people are 
having it too. And like I said, I'm, I usually stay, I'm usually pretty even tempered. I know everybody kind of the worst comes out when we're racing, everybody gets bad, but uh, those, man, those stupid X's come out and I know I'm, I'm like a lot of people, I just get freaking mad. And if those things weren't, you know, if zeros were popping up instead of all these fours, then maybe we just, I would enjoy the race more and not so be so fired up over this, the stupid number that really doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to lose a license over it. It just makes me angry during the race, honestly. That's the thing. I mean, what are you losing by getting it? You know, if you're not losing the license, then what's the point, you know? Yeah, which I could. I mean, I, I've, I've taken some pretty good dips because I do run a lot of short races. Uh, for example, I ran a, you know, a few truck races at Talladega and there's a few of them. Where you know I was involved in the lap one wreck and finished you know nearly dead last. And if you run two laps and you have an eight X, I mean it'll it'll hurt you. I feel like the punishment of having a wrecked truck when you truly wreck is enough of a punish, let alone a four X. Yeah, exactly. So you should I mean, never get a four X for just light rubbing as racing. Right. I mean, I mean if yeah. if, uh, if I'm racing a guy, I. Truly, like I don't, the numbers make me angry, but really what I don't want is damage on my truck. And that's what's really making people mad. It's not the stupid numbers. It should be, you know, it's the damage. Yeah, you can't car. win if you're damaged. Yeah, and nobody wants that. I mean, so everybody's trying to take care of their stuff. People make mistakes, but just having those stupid X's to make people even more angry when they're already on edge is just, just causes problems in my opinion. All right, Tony, what's next? Well, I. Uh kind of in the same uh subject matter of uh incident points and um last week we were talking about that that empty box inspired forum post um well it uh it certainly is not showing much signs of slowing down because that that post is up to about 50 pages long um so if you missed it last week uh youtuber empty box posted a video discussing his opinions and views on the SR and the incident point slash limit system um which has obviously sparked uh some pretty big discussion on the forums um if you're uh if you're interested in entering the discussion uh check it out on the forums uh <laughs> i am certainly not interested at this point um i think it's uh i kind of read a little bit on it. it's just kind of going in circles and stuff but i'm, I'm still oh, in this. big circles and yeah half the people that are posting now are just posting to make the thread longer Right, right. I mean, I'm I'm still in the same mind. Like, you know, I, I I'm pretty much all good with it. But you know, hey, for those short tracks, I I, I think they need to, to tone down the um the the limits. Maybe a little closer. Maybe not quite to the same standard as as dirt ovals, but uh, something so it can you know uh you got you, gives you some room to to move around, do a little bit of you know short track beating and banging and and uh, but that that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, th I agree completely. Yeah, and when you're at a place like Richmond, Bristol, I mean, you should be able to, you know, touch doors a little bit, you know, touch bumpers, you know. It, it, it should be, and it shouldn't be, um, it should just be fun racing. It shouldn't be something that makes you angry. But I tried to go through some of those forum posts, and I can't get through it because, and a lot of it, um, uh, deals with the oval side too, because I guess they have something similar with off tracks, and but I don't really uh, race oval, so I'm or race a uh, road, so I'm more interested in the oval. But I think there definitely needs, I think something needs to be changed or tweaked. I think it's good that there's discussion about it, but 
I, I don't know where to find that discussion because the forum was just too hard to go through. Oh, yeah. All right, Will, what's next? So we got some discussion this week about the World of Outlaw Championship Series, um, some info on their prizing structure, and all that's actually going to begin May 7th. Um, so there was some information that came out this week as far as promotional stuff. Um, some of the qualifiers, um, as far as entrants, would include Mike McKinley, a dirt UMP a modified driver. Mike McKinney. Uh, uh, McKinney, yes, I always say that wrong. Um, we also got Chase Briscoe and Alex Bergeron. Um, so yeah, a lot of really cool information coming out about that. It starts May 7th, um, and staff member Doug Hunt released some information as far as the prizing. Um, there's going to be more than 30000 in cash and prizes uh, per series, I believe. Um, there's going to be a weekly cash purse paid to the top five finishers with uh, cash prizes to the top three overall championship finishers. Um, if you get into the championship, you get VIP treatment for two at the 2018 World of Outlaw World Finals at the Dirt Track at Charlotte. Um, you'll be an honorary starter. Uh, you'll get to go into the suite and get some pit passes, it sounds like. Um, invitation um, and recognition at the annual World of Outlaws Award Banquet in Charlotte. And you get an official World of Outlaw trophy. Um, wow. Yeah, actually a really cool thing too. Late models only. But if you win the championship, you're going to get one-on-one -on -one instruction with Clint Boyer in a two-seater late model. So uh, a lot of really, really cool stuff. Whoa, that's a pretty nice package, man. The money, the recognition at the banquet, get to go to the race, get to run a car with Clint Boyer. I mean, that's great. <sighs> that sounds freaking awesome. Yeah, it seems like they're really putting a lot of really good effort into this. Um, a lot of really cool prizes. I know there was a lot of um, flack they got about how the qualifiers were ran. And um, I'm hoping to see that be improved next year. And I want to give a shot to get that pro license next year. Um, but, yeah, no, this is really, really cool stuff. Really good for esports. Really good for iRacing. And uh, especially World of Outlaws. I mean, it's awesome all the way around. Yeah, they got their stuff together. So that brings us to the next topic. Who doesn't have their stuff together is GRC. At least it appears so because of the lack of commentary from iRacing about this. Uh, obviously, GRC is no longer the same where all the teams and drivers have abandoned the series. Uh, so Jason Waite uh, in the forums, you know, he said, well, it's time to point out the elephant in the room. What is going to happen with iRacing with GRC? And uh, we did hear from Randall Chenoweth, uh, and he indicated that Red Bull it, GRC is still working with and sponsoring this world championship. And I actually uh, called him on it and said, "Do you are you sure?" You know, and uh, he said, "Yes, he is a commentator for the series, and that is what we have been told by staff." And so there is some kind of confirmation, I guess, that I guess there's going to be a GRC championship. As much as we're going to get, I guess. The timing is not really good on this. I mean, I think it was originally World of Outlaws on Monday. Um, and I think GRC was on Thursday. But we're already getting information for the World of Outlaw race here. I'll pull my calendar up here. 
Yeah, it starts May seventh, uh, coming up like this week. Yeah, so it's less than a week away, and in theory, you would assume they would be in the same timeline, but we have no news, nothing official, no word on prizes. Nothing. So I feel like yeah. I racing themselves have to say something official. Yeah, good, bad, they need to post something about it, right? Yeah, it's really, really odd. All right, Tony, what's next? Oh, looks like uh, iRacing is making some changes before the uh, Nurburgring 24-hour special event coming up. Um, hopefully, they're uh, <laughs> hopefully they'll get a lot less less problems than with with the last one. But Doug Hunt Jr., uh, staff member, has uh, you know as we continue to try and improve special events, both from a technical point of view and for users, we're making the following change to the Nurburgring 24 our uh, only Amsterdam servers will be used for both of the time slots. In the past, majority of the participants have been from Europe, so this should improve their experience. Um, cool. Kinda, yeah, let's. I mean, let's let's hope this works, um, and maybe that'll uh, show them the answers they're looking for. It sounds like it'll make it much better for them, but it sounds like. Um... For us over here in you know North America, uh, we're, we're going to be the ones with the crappy connection. Yep, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's bad for the U.S. guys, but I don't know. Maybe not. We'll have to see how that goes. Uh, this is the first time I've, I've heard of them doing something like this. Yeah, well, you would think it would be bad for us, but if that's the case, I, I'm still okay with it because you know most of those things pop off over here, and if there's more of more Europeans racing, that's where the server should be. I um I ran a Mazda race sometime this week at Phoenix and I think there was only two guys stateside. Everyone else was from Europe or not from America and I had zero connection issues. It was actually a really good, really fun race. Um road racing in Europe is just so much more popular. Uh the caliber of driver you race against is so much better. I think over I'm thinking overall it's gonna be a net positive for sure. So yeah, yep. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, uh, so if they're gonna use the servers over there, does that mean that they've, uh, you know, figured out the problem that it's, you know, some problem with the servers over on this side, or? I don't know. Maybe just you know, most of the drivers are from there, so it makes sense, you know, geographically to, to do it there. I, I think it's cool to give them some love, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I um, you know, I might complain about like the the netcode four Xs or whatever, but actually, uh, in all reality, what iRacing does, um, to make it so we can all race on the same track from all over the world is pretty freaking amazing. There's a a guy I race with. Um, I'd say his name, but I I I probably get it wrong, so I don't want to. But he's from Australia, and races in my splits a lot, and never has any kind of connection problem. And I mean, we're literally on the opposite sides of the world race on a track without connection problems. I mean, that's you can't do that in any, uh, any other game or sim that I've seen play. You can't even all play right. like a Call of Duty or something with somebody in Australia without them all <laughs> lagging out and jumping. I don't know how they do it in racing. I mean, it's bravo. It's, it's insane. All right, we're going to skip the uh, media coverage section in the interest of time and jump right into hardware. Will, what do you got first in hardware? Yeah, so there's some ARX 
off-track lights that you can get. Um, David Tucker shared a demo of it on the forums. Um, basically, the ARX pairs to your phone via some Logitech software. But it actually will flash lights depending on where you are on track. So if you're running a practice session and you're just trying to find those track limits, it will go, I believe, let me pull it up here, green if you're on track. If you are off track, it'll go red. Blue for approaching pit road. Yellow when you're between the cones going to pit, lo- pit road. So basically when speed limit is enforced. And light blue when you're in your pit stalls. So. so you have to get the app called ARX on your phone. And you can turn it into a, a traffic light, right? <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, so basically if you're learning a new track or... I know we hear a lot from the road guys about incident limits, getting those 1X. This will give you a defined, this is on track, this is off track. So, Kind of a neat idea, you know. It gives you a visual clue, you know, without seeing the 1X. I mean, I guess, how, how do you know otherwise? You see the 1X, right? Yeah, so you got to push those limits to know. Um, now you get a visual cue of what's going on, so you don't have to... Like for me in VR, if I get any X or anything, I have to basically like look up in the sky to see it. Um, obviously in VR you can't see the lights, but um, it is one less thing that you have to read and focus on. Yeah, search the forums for ARX Development, page 9. Okay, Chris, what's next? Uh, next we have an article from PC Games In. Um, I'm unfamiliar with, uh, looks like maybe this is an NVIDIA site. I'm unfamiliar with the site, but I love this article. Uh, it's entitled, Graphic Card Makers Will Be Forced to Slash Prices After GPU Shipments Fall by 40%. And uh, if you want to read the article, um, yeah, just check out the site. But basically, um, graphic cards are going to be coming down, which is awesome Thank news. God. Because, yeah, I'm in the market for one. Step one, graphics card. Step two, hopefully my uh, the bus speeds on my ancient motherboard will keep up. And step three, Oculus. Right. Yeah, I'm glad to see that the prices are, are starting to come down. Uh, I think Bitcoin and all that mining craze that drew the price up is maybe on the waning side from what I've heard in the news and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I kind of expected this and I'm glad it's happening. Good deal. Yeah, hallelujah. I was actually really close to pulling the trigger right after Christmas and just when I was ready to, to buy something. I still think it's best to wait a little longer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd definitely wait a little bit because probably what's going to happen is they, I'm sure they ramp up production when a run happens like that. And then when the stuff goes away, they end up with a surplus. So hopefully with any luck, we'll find some really good deals in the coming months. Yeah. Crossed. yeah, I'm thinking summer, you know, slash some more. All right, uh, what's next up, Tony? Well, speaking of graphics cards, um, apparently it's uh, NVIDIA GTX 1180 specs um, have been leaked uh, via rockpapershotgun.com. Um, it says, uh, according to information obtained by completely unknown means by WCCF Tech, um, and that would be a website, so .com. Uh, the NVIDIA GeForce GTX 1180 may well bear a closer resemblance to today's GTX 1080 Ti than the GTX 1080, powered by a GPU currently known as the 
GT104. Um, will allegedly uh, have a whopping uh, 3,584 CUDA cores, a 256-bit GDDR6 memory interface, and between 8 to 16 gigabytes of uh, GDDR6 memory clocked at 16 gigabytes per second. Um, and, you know, probably coming in at a, like, you know, um, well, in Canadian dollars, it'd probably be about 7,500. Um, 700 bucks, it says here. Oh, I wasn't too far off. Yeah, 700 bucks. It releases mid-June. And, uh, yeah, this is probably the card I would buy. Um, That's, yeah, actually, exactly what I'm probably looking for. We'll have to wait. 700 bucks for a video card, but... I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to spend on it, you might as well get the best you can get at that time because you want it to last for several years. Yeah, and that's a, that's a little pricey, but for what you're getting, that's not too bad at all considering, um, you know, you probably a year ago probably cost you more than a grand for kind of the same thing. And, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm getting it in one now, hopefully, you know, to last me for years. So, All right, very cool. I'll take the last topic here. It's uh, Ultimate Sim Hardware on Facebook. Look them up. Um, and they have some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I was looking at their website, and they got some gauges that are like plug-and-play USB gauges, including a, a NASCAR-style big analog RPM one uh, with a proper you know, shift light. Um, what do you guys think when you look at these products? Pretty cool. Yeah, they look really solid. I'll be in the market one of these days. Not the moment. Yeah, that's uh like step ten. <laughs> the problem with that is once you have VR on, you can't see the thing. <laughs> but they do. Look that's amazing. true. Oh yeah, that's true. I won't really need much of anything else. I mean, I guess you could have like a braille button box, so you could <laughs> try to uh, go that route. I guess. What how, What do you do, Will? Do you use uh, voice commands? Yeah, I, ha I have certain voice commands, and then I just use the in-car gauges because there's no field of, uh, field of view issues with the Oculus. He also has a really, really nice uh, handbrake. Looks like a hydraulic handbrake. And uh, he does have a, a website. It's ultimatesimhardware.simpl.com. And he's got displays and uh, button boxes and uh, various things. I do think he's UK-based. Uh, everything he has mentioned in pounds as far as pricing. You know, I don't, I don't really have much of a use for a handbrake, but if I had, like, an actual rig, I think I'd have to get one anyway because there are so many really cool handbrakes out there, and that's one of the better ones. All right, yeah. let's jump into final thoughts. Uh, Chris Scales, you're up first. Um, yeah, just a couple of things. Um, I wanted to give a, a shout-out to a fan of the show, Spencer Tart. I um, raced with him in a Canaan race at Charlotte a couple weeks ago. Man, those races are so freaking fun. Uh, the car is just – the fit, the setup's terrible. The fixed setup is just loose as hell, and I think the race is maybe 30 laps, and uh, it just gets looser. And the last five laps, it's almost undrivable. But I don't remember. It's been too long now. I, I can't remember much of that race. But just wanted to give a shout-out to him. And also, uh, teammate Greg Hectus, he's been putting together. He's going to start putting together 
weekly uh, track videos. He does most of our um, ACAR testing and sets. And while he's doing that, he's just making some short videos to help people, you know, people like me that maybe are going to some of these tracks for the first time, help you get around them. Um, he's just starting out. He has them on his Facebook page along with our um, Tafosi Racing Facebook page. Uh, give him any feedback. He, he's just starting out. He's adjusting, you know, some video and audio options. But he's putting together some really cool stuff with some a pedal cam and a face cam. And it looks yeah, really you good. can actually see him. And I love the pedal cam where you can see his feet. Yeah, he's just starting out, so I'm sure he'd appreciate the feedback. But yeah, check that out if you want to just get some basic, you know, basic information on how to get around a track. He's, you know, he's not a peak driver or anything, but he can get around these tracks. So. Uh, for somebody like me, it's a good place to get some to learn a line. All right, and appreciated your enthusiasm for Talladega, Chris. You ran as many races as you possibly could. Yeah, I'm probably gonna run a lot at Dover unless um, the races just go terribly. Because, like I said, I had a ton of fun in the that truck race last night. I love that track. All right, cool. Uh, Tony Groves, your final thoughts. Yeah, so you know, speaking of Talladega, um, yeah, I, I had uh, actually a fair amount of starts, more starts in a week than I usually do. Um, I, I love Talladega, and I gotta say that you know, part of that was from Chris's enthusiasm. Um, you know, he said he had about 22 starts this week. I think I counted at least 22 shake and bake memes on our uh, on our <laughs> chat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was just awesome. I had a lot of fun racing with Chris. Now. Um, uh, Talladega was actually really, really good to me this week. Um, I didn't finish any worse than 11th, um, but no better than six. So I just, I, I stuck in that same spot and, and, uh, you know, man, oh man, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of craziness happen. Um, but a lot of really good tight racing, um, you know, some nice three wide action and, you know, for the most part, guys were, were really, uh, minding their P's and Q's and, um, a lot of fun this week. Uh, looking into next week, Dover, um, I have not had a lot of luck at this place. Um, you know, I, I gained almost 100 IR last week, and I'm probably going to lose most of that this week. But, um, you know, it, it, it don't matter. I have fun. Uh, no matter how bad I do or how good I do, it's it's, it's always seems to be a good time. So um, I guess uh cross my fingers for Dover. All right. And William Gibson, final thoughts. Yeah, I just want to um, shout out um, or at AmrickyT on Twitter. He sent us the uh, picture we're using for our YouTube thumbnail. A uh, fun thing we're doing every week from now on out is submit us your screenshots, whether it be on Twitter, Facebook, you can even email it to us. And we'll pick a winner every week to use for our YouTube thumbnails. Um, yeah, I just want to shout him out for sending us that. And I just want to say... Thank you, guys. I feel like everything's been going really, really good with the podcast. Excitement's been up. Uh, all the memes are hilarious, Chris. Um, everything's, I feel like, going really good, really smooth. Um, I'm still getting settled at my new job, so I'm not getting as many starts as I would like because i got quite a long drive, but I'm having a ton of fun. I feel like things are going really good and really exciting. All right. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody's help on the podcast here. We're making a few changes. Uh, we're going to start recording on Wednesday next week instead of Tuesday. And uh, so that'll be a change. The other thing we're doing is we're going to put up a, a link to show notes. 
where you can actually see and access our actual show notes. Well, not the actual ones, but a, uh, a copy of it, so to speak. And it'll be a read-only Google document. And so while you're listening to the podcast, you can click on that link and actually click on the links that we're talking about and follow along. And so thank you to Will for putting that together. Uh, we'll have an individual link for each episode. And uh, so I'll be putting it in the description of the podcast. Uh, Will will post it on the YouTube page and on social media as well. And wherever we post uh, our podcast information, we'll post that link as well to the show notes. So uh, check it out and tell us what you think. Uh, that was a request from a, a viewer, and we decided to take them up on it and give it a shot and see how it goes. Uh, final thought for me, uh, Talladega. Boy, I'm bummed out I could not get a win this week because my wins usually come on restrictor plate weekends and uh, I just couldn't get very many starts and when I did I had those dang server problems. So I'm kind of bummed out. It kind of makes me think I need to start working on building a new computer. Uh, my computer is, you know, five years old. It was new five years ago and now it's not. And maybe I need to start thinking about doing it. I don't know. Uh, but I'm certainly frustrated with the issues I've had. And hopefully Dover that it, you know, it goes away. I've turned the max car transmit back up to 63 in anticipation that I'm not going to have an issue because it is Dover instead of Talladega. But um, we'll see. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.